OTB GAA Scale has opened the war definitely with the football pod Where are your power rankings now? The Royal Rumble that's coming our way Hurling pod versus football pod Will, you're a coward Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts The News Round on Off The Ball With Gillette Start your day in flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar This is News Talk Nathan, yeah, welcome along. Great to have you with us. So, busy show. Mr. Graham Hunter will be on the football show between 9 and 10. Barcelona play Real Madrid Thursday. There are interesting matters on and off the pitch. So, Graham will take us through them all. This hour, Brian O'Driscoll in studio. And between 8 and 9, we have A Slight Tangent coming at you, which is very exciting and unexpected. Michael McCarthy here in studio as well. Hello. What was <laughs> unexpected about it? I just think that slot should be... You know, send it to pasture. Do you? Yeah, that's interesting. That's the first time I've heard of it. I cut it. Yeah. <laughs> Richie McCormick with us. Hello. Unex- unexpected because it's coming at you like Cleopatra. Well, indeed. Can I give you one of the topics, Richie? Is it the greatest hits of Cleopatra? It's not. Ah. All right. I guess you might as well go on then. Somebody emailed into a slight tangent at offtheball.com. And they were wondering about uh, most irritating sporting cliches, which Oof. was a topic right up my street. So, you know, uh, Tony was the emailer and he was uh, bemoaning, for instance, uh, use of phrases like an honest pro as opposed to, you know, dishonest pro. And so wanted to know whether there any that irritated us. The one I always find overused and therefore to the point of irritation is character. Yeah, as I said to you last week, there is uh, there has not been a slitter caught in the last twenty years that was not down to character. <laughs> what yeah. character? They scream. I would find that uh, reductive. Yeah, be and in- silly. Be interested if Richie has one, but I always think that uh, I am able to think of any, which makes me immediately think that I am prone to them, or I am someone that buys into them or doesn't see the. Holding them and there's, you know, I, the, you know, I, I you know, na- natural self doubt here coming in by the fact that I can't think of any of these sporting cliches, of which there are ma- many millions. They wanted it more. All Ireland final. <laughs> they wanted it more. The same, aren't they? Like they're all basically they mean the same thing. Quite like, GAA, you know. Yeah. Well, definitely someone was, you know, uh, someone had more hunger than another. Well, that's hurling. Yeah. That's how hurling. Excited. Yeah. And, and yeah, I do think that sometimes it is. <laughs> Well, this is the problem with cliche. <laughs> they definitely come from somewhere. Absolutely. It's just the overuse, I think, kills them in particular. Yeah. Some of them that just don't make sense as well. Like, and, and they're kind of superfluous. The term, it, it's a recent addition. And by recent, I mean like last 10, 15 years. But where and why foot race came into the, you know, vernacular of sports, I don't know. Like, it's, ju- it's just a race. What else are they racing on? They're not going down their hands. <laughs> they're not on their backs. They're not doing a crab run. It's like foot race. Why? Um, yeah. But there's low, like I don't know if anybody I get sent, sent these from time to time, uh, which is uh, there's an account called Brian's Gun, named in honor I think of the former Narskeeper, which does compilations of these kind of uh, sayings, and some of them are just amazing. He did one uh, just dedicated to uh, Bang Average, uh, people just saying Bang Average over and over again. There was other ones uh, where somebody was described over and over again as a Rolls Royce of a player. Yeah, uh, I use that is, phrase. Uh, p- you do actually uh, potential do. Ba- potential banana skin was a great one recently. Oh yeah, 
That's a, a, a compilation. Can I tangent it's, off on it's this? It's a banana skin or it's not. Uh, yeah, indeed. Brian's gone, <laughs> right? This has nothing to do with this topic whatsoever, but if anyone ever hasn't seen it, right? The best compilation video about two or three months ago, it was a collection of John Virgo clips saying, where's the cue ball going? Oh, <laughs> right? And they had a mid, like, honestly, they must have went through hours and hours and hours of snooker footage and the video was just bald footballers. So it was like, Tamori Ketspaya kicking the thing. It's like, what's the cue ball doing? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, bald footballers with John Virgo said, where's the cue ball going? And it's, honestly, do you know what? It was like three minutes and it was like, this is what the internet was for. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. You know, the, the, some people bemoan the internet, but how could you do so with such, like, art out there? Always, um... Change the subject there, apologies. Thoroughly enjoyable viewing when a big pot's been made and Virgo says, but where's the cue ball going? I know. Nobody's and he's never it. wrong. The cue ball's always going into the pocket yeah. whenever he says that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you haven't seen it yet. They're only on the screw. Snooker commentary is really good. Yeah. The snooker commentary I see, I'm sure there's average. John Virgo didn't do the COVID year because I think he lived in Spain and he was immunocompromised and didn't want to come over and it was, he was so missed. missed yeah. Oh, he was you so are, yeah. missed. He's the, best, he, yeah. he's the best of them, I think. Anyway, that's for a slight tangent. 53106 your most irritating cliches because I'm struggling to think of them now that the pressure's on yeah a couple came to mind and immediately left my mind there while okay. other people were talking I should, just for people not watching on radio or for, for people only watching or listening on radio and not watching the YouTube Richie's very much dressed like a cat burglar today which I find <laughs> was, uh, caught by the very man who set out to what catch him I, what are you up to I, after I, the show Richie? I wouldn't mind, uh, Mick, but please stop uh, putting my extracurricular activities on the air. I'm trying to conduct my business with a modicum of quietness and stealth, and you're not helping. For any law enforcement listening into this here show. The uh, <laughs> reason that we decided to speak to Graham Hunter, by the way, after nine, is that Barcelona had the chance to go 10 points clear at the top of La Liga at the weekend because Real Madrid had drawn one all with Atleti. And Barcelona subsequently lost to Almeria, lowly Almeria, and Xavi came out and said his team were a disgrace, they didn't show any interest in winning, and they play Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey Thursday, yeah. first of two legs, plus they'll play in the league in the next couple of weeks as well. So El Clasico is about to really blossom over the next month or so, so Graham will fill us in. Uh, like I said, Brian O'Driscoll with us this hour, and he's going to give us, uh, we, we spoke to him earlier on, we can't give you the full chat will give you a good chunk of it he spoke to us uh, with the full chat available to podcast obviously but uh, he gave us a master class in the things that are going on at centre mm. on the back of Gary Ringrose being so sorely missed and the level of uh, bluffery and poker that's at play and giving each other the eyes and mm. doing one thing one time and all with a view to in two moments time or three moments time doing something different it's all it's, all these traps are being laid at every turn it's really interesting and then he said some people are just unpredictable. Like <laughs> Freddie Michelak, doesn't matter. It's, who knows? Yeah. Even Freddie doesn't know. I always find it fascinating, though, how much is going on at top-level sport. Because we all played sport. You played sport at a fairly decent level. You know what I mean? But, like, there is, you know, there's the game and, you know, there's a lot of intrinsic things that you do understand from playing it all your life that you might not even realise you're thinking about. But when you talk to these guys in detail, how much is going on? What, what I see Gary Ringrose doing is enough to full, fill my brain without him also like having mind games with his opposite number and you know planning three four moves ahead that's something that you think of in a game in a static game yeah in something like snooker or you know like that that's what you hear oh he's three four shots ahead it's like right i wouldn't be able to do that but i understand where you're coming from how do you do it in a game like rugby no a lot of variables going on yeah 
But it does. It, that's constant. Even like talk to talk to football people, talk to rugby people, or whatever. Like at the, that have played at top, really, really top level. It's a different sport. Like it's it, in terms of their understanding of the game and what and how they play it, rather than you know what us plebs do watching it or playing it at the weekend. Yes. Well, thankfully, Brian Driscoll in the studio to explain further. He wasn't bad. No. The news round brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. So this Katie Taylor. Amanda Serrano situation entering into the realm of saga, Richie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Katie Taylor's proposed homecoming fight is off. Matchroom Boxing confirmed today that her opponent, Amanda Serrano, has suffered an injury that will prevent her from fighting on the scheduled date of May 20th. Discussions are ongoing to establish a revised date for that fight. What's actually going on here? I would say she's probably weighed up Serrano. The gate receipts that are to be had from the three arena versus the gate receipts that could be had from somewhere like Crow Park or Porky Cueve and thought she would be a mug to settle for the three arena. And to be fair, she would. If she's, getting any, if she's getting any cut at the gate, um, it'd be foolish to go for the smaller venue for this rematch. Yeah, but look, I mean, prices are going to be more expensive in the three arena than they are in, uh, in, in Crow Park. There's obviously going to be a huge, like, you know, rental fee. And also, like, I mean, these two were in the fight of the year last year and you know like it's it's TV is where the money's really going to be made I don't know what the exact difference in purse would be but I wonder like does it matter Serrano care whether it's in Crow Park or whether the tree arena I can't imagine it's that much of a difference in 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 the gate like you know in, in her fee I mean her purse versus uh, depending on where it is would you not think so well, like I mean it probably is a bit but again I just think that this is such an anticipated rematch Surely there's negotiations that she could make outside of what the the amount of people that are paying in. You know what I mean? It's gonna be it's gonna have a huge worldwide TV audience. Like mm. I still don't think you leave any money on the table in that regard, though. And like for a short career as it is in boxing, and both fighters are probably coming to the end of theirs. If you're leaving any money on the table, you're probably being foolhardy in this one because it is an extra. Like did like we have to remind ourselves that women's purses haven't been what men's purses have been certainly in the last uh, last level ever um, so for them to get any kind of extra on this especially when it would be an increased gate is, is yeah. probably within their rights to do so well look she may well just be injured <clears throat> she could be yeah <laughs> uh, lads the fact that we the fact that we're even questioning that just shows you that like boxing set a date an announcement for May 20th we argued over there was an argument over the venue and nobody really thought that was set in stone and I think that might be the only sport the only mainstream sport where that's the case. Okay. We have a f- coming, fight announced and it might not happen. We're coming up on two months away from the event and even if it was going ahead, there was no date for, or there's no word on a venue and there was no word for tickets going on sale, which for any kind of event is just madness. So I think it was quite clear that this, you know, really wasn't going to happen from a, from a long way out. Texting from Graeme, just realised it's March tomorrow. Mind blown, says Graeme. <laughs> I know. Spring has sprung. Oof. March. <laughs> yeah. March is here. March weather. What, what does that mean? It's the best time of the sporting year now. Feel like March, April, May. Flying by. Is March the best time of sporting year? March, April, May. I mean, this, 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 oh, yeah. this uh, section. Yeah. You know. April's a good one. April's a good one. You've got, your, you've got your Masters. Masters. You've got your World, World Snooker Championship. you got the GA Championship now, Rich. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Championship. Culmination of, of, you know, the, the Premier League and the Champions yeah. League and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, April's yeah. a good one. Heineken Champions Cup gets really good. Favourite month, 53106. 
What's the be- is there much in American sports going on in April? In April, no. April's really quiet. The baseball gets going and it's still regular season in uh, the NBA. That kind of kicks into the playoffs in May, June. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad March is here, though. Uh, I find as I get older and older, the dark nights in this country get, just bug me more. Yeah. We should so, be allowed to hibernate as no. a species. Yeah. We were out in my back garden there like last week for like, and I realised I've barely been out here other than to take out the bins since like November it just sort of becomes not a part of your house that's in use for like long bloody winters last couple of winters as we've headed you know whenever the clocks um, go back that kind of period definitely found myself going oh man yeah struggle now so Joe batten down the hatches again (laughs) well I hope everybody's feeling good this Sorry, Tuesday we're, night. We're, it's now we're going. It's the opposite now. It's like woo. You just brought us back to the grimness of no, the last that, few months. Well, that's so far away. We're now into the good times. So Dundalk is where you're bringing us next. It is indeed. Yeah, the Dundalk chairman Sean O'Connor says talks regarding potential investment from Hull City are on ice. Last week, Dundalk confirmed discussions were ongoing with three different parties, which could result in investment or indeed outright sale. Hull manager Liam Senior talked up the potential link up with Dundalk last week as well, while the Hull chairman Achon Ochali fueled speculation of an investment in Shelburne on Friday night, having attended Friday's defeat to St Pat's as a guest of the Talca Park Club. O'Connor told Inside Oriel today that the links to Hull were overstated by others when when we like we, we had conversations with Hull I think that's uh, apparent now that's 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 been well covered um, but we're at a point now that at those conversations that we, we don't see them we're not going to progress with them at this point and um, we both kind of decided to, to put things on ice and we're not going to be going forward at this point but exactly to what I said to Dan at the time these conversations to come and go certain conversations will will uh, go down a path and, and they won't move on um, but that's that's the nature of this business that's the nature of football and that's what we expect to, to happen and um, yeah from how the last seven days went with regards to that the things that happened yeah, they, 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 took, they took, took us all by surprise they, it was never as close as that was been made out in the last uh, seven days Okay we'll watch that space FA Cup tonight Rich yeah, Bristol City hoping to engineer one of the great FA Cup shocks tonight. The Championship Club welcome Manchester City to Ashton Gate in one of four ties in round five. There's an eight o'clock start there. Uh, they have just kicked off at the Bet365 Stadium. Evan Ferguson has started up front for Brighton away to Stoke. There's a half-seven start to the meeting of Leicester and Blackburn. That's at the King Power. The only all-Premier League tie of the night is at Craven Cottage and sees Fulham entertain Leeds. Somebody has texted in to say... I'm not a particularly sporty person. Uh, thank you for listening all the same. I'm not a particularly uh-huh. sporty person, but with one TV in the house, I absorb some sporting footage by osmosis. How many match of the day clips are there with Beautiful Day by YouTube playing in the background? Says Alva in Dublin. I haven't noticed that. Beautiful Day would be well used for, uh, you know, a, an ending montage of a show. I'm Do not sure. Beautiful Day was the... Day. Uh, Back in the day, the pre- it was, was the ITV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Zig Tune with Des Lynham. That was mad Desline and moved to ITV for that. <laughs> yeah, and then sort of disappeared. They only seem to keep that for two or three years. Yeah, I think they lost the rights back to BBC oh, whenever did, yeah. the whenever the rights came I think back. It was five up, years. Which, uh, or something like that, was yeah. it five? I thought it was good. It was fine. It's you right. get used to yeah. the ad breaks, didn't you? Oh, the ad breaks, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Joe freaked me out the other week when I discovered it. I wasn't. It was around Christmas time. It was whenever Lineker's birthday was. Mm. Lineker, I think, is older now than Lynham was when he went to ITV. Mm. People just age better now, though, don't they? They really do. Oh my yeah. god! Because we were watching, 
Ah, uh, I'd never seen it before. We'd, well, we were watching Father of the Bride over Christmas. Oh yeah, so was I. Like Steve Martin's <laughs> only Steve Martin's only like forty two or three in that. I know. Yeah. But he, like he's like a, uh, the equivalent of a seventy year old in twenty twenty three. By the way, he was a ridiculous. Yeah, he was a ridiculously handsome man in his younger days, though. Have you ever seen a young picture of Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Yeah. Was he? Woof. Well, I, I'm I'm including in his forties as in his younger days. Steve, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other one was uh, Mother and Home Alone. Oh yeah. He's thirty six in Home Alone. What? Yeah, but she dresses like she's fifty six. Catherine O'Hara, isn't that her name? I don't yeah. know. She's yeah. in about Schmidt now. Yeah. So like people are aging. It's, it's, <laughs> why, why, why is, what's the big difference? Um, is it clothes? I think it is. I think a lot of it is style and all of that. But also like I think people are just living slightly better, I would imagine. But is it food? So what is it? Why, in what way are you living better? I'd imagine Gary Lineker has in every way looked after himself yeah. and his body better than, uh, than Des Lynham did over his Be like the next. I think Gary Lineker could benefit from a massive tash though. <laughs> uh, I do feel like there's a quantum leap with the next generation in terms of their height what do you mean everyone's going to be taller I feel like me and you in old age are going to be such small old men well I'm already a kind of a small old man but yeah I'm not huge either like I think like Richie you'll be okay but I I'm alright Richie yeah. you'll be alright yeah I li- I Richie see, hopes this happens see me and Nick shuffling down on Connell Street and like the next generation going god yeah were they, were they rations Steve Martin is portrayed in that film as a crazy Father, who is one hundred percent right in every in all of his concerns, his twenty three year old daughter turns back, uh, comes back from yeah, a trip away in Italy, and yeah. decides she's getting married to someone no one's ever met. That's absolutely bananas, and she's portrayed as the normal person. Is that in this because film. Uh, people got married younger in that era? I think so. Yeah, early nineties. But uh, even so, I think that's still a little bit crazy. Very affecting, like his sadness at losing her. Yeah, we won't get into it now. But no, you're feeling it more <laughs> than you used to, Joe. That's all I know. Oh uh, dear. Right, let's get back on track. <laughs> Why not? Is there any sport on today? There is. FA, <laughs> FA Cup there. FA Cup there, yeah. And five members of the recent Combined Provinces squad have been included in the full Ireland squad for the women's Six Nations. Ella Roberts, Nevo Dowd, Sive McGrath, Fiona Chewett and Molly Boyne all played a part in winning the inaugural Celtic Challenge earlier this month. They're among eight uncapped players named by Greg McWilliams in a 32-player squad today. However, the likes of Bevan Parsons, Amy Lee Murphy-Crow and Stacey Flood are all away on sevens duties. The team will again be captained by Nicola Friday and Ireland open their campaign against Wales at Cardiff's Arms Park on the 25th of March. I just don't know what we're doing here, really. With the sevens, it's crazy. Bevan it's Parsons, Amy Lee Murphy Crow, Stacey Flood, all the way in sevens duty. By the way, all of these games live on either Orta or Virgin. Huge available audience. I love that. I love that Women's Six Nations has gone post. You know, and that that it kind of elongates the Six Nations. It doesn't bury the women's game in the weekends Without with the under twenties. Well, some of your best players, and then two of your most marketable. That, that's what go. I was going to say. Like Bevan Parsons and Amy Lee Murphy Crow are really recognisable names to even non-hardcore rugby fans and they're not going to be there when people are going to be watching, watching those games yeah. in a month. It's really frustrating. Uh, so uh, that's the Irish squad. There's been a feasibility study on a uh, female Lions tour and the early signs are good, Rich. Is that the gist? Yeah, p- positive uh, outcome or positive findings from that feasibility study. First ever women's version of the British and Irish Lions could well soon be reality. Ireland assistant coach Neil Briggs was part of a 13-person steering group that assessed the viability of the venture. The Lions group and the constituent unions are now working through potential structures and placement in the calendar. Quite who the opposition would be also remains up in the air with New Zealand and France, the early frontrunners from what is a pretty thin field. Chair of the steering committee, Yian Evans, explained 
explain the process they've gone through to date. Well, it was a pretty long and robust process, but what was important, what drove this, we needed expertise and experience around the table. Broadcasters, unions, administrators of World Rugby as well, all engaged in this process, and everyone had their moment, several moments, in which to engage, to contribute, to challenge, to scrutinise. And that, in essence, is what the steering group was about. It's about bringing the right people into the room to discuss this. You know, what is a really exciting prospect. Mm. Last story or two, Rich, whatever you want. Uh, Ireland will begin their 2024 Six Nations campaign away to France on Friday the 2nd of February, the venue for the game. Yet to be confirmed as the Stade de France won't be available due to its preparation for the Olympics. So it'll be the first time since 1996 that an away game with France in the Six Nations will be played somewhere other than the Saint-Denis venue. Chelsea are going to be without Thiago Silva for up to six weeks. He picked up a knee ligament injury during Sunday's Premier League defeat to Tottenham. They've, of course, uh, got Borussia Dortmund next week in the Champions League. And no Grat has formally resigned as president of the French Football Federation. The 81-year-old had previously been suspended over allegations of sexual misconduct, as well as a damning audit commissioned by the sports ministry there. Le Grat has denied any wrongdoing, but Philippe Diallo will step up from vice president to take on the role on an interim basis until June. Okay, very good. We're out of time. Michael, yeah. see you after eight. Away to France to start the next oh, thing. Amazing. Uh, on a Friday night, after winning the World Cup, our Grand Slam hopes will be over straight away. There's no hope. There's no hope he'll win that game. Won't be in Stade de France. Well, even so. The Ireland have won the World Cup. They'll only just be over that. Yeah. Uh, Michael, back for a slight tangent. Richie, thank you. Nice and lads.